Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to Savvy Business, Life Unscripted, with your host, Christina Rivera, where our guests share their wisdom and valuable business tips, empowering our audience to expand their personal potential. Hi, Brad McLean. Welcome to Savvy Broadcasting and Life Unscripted. I am so grateful to have you here this wonderful evening. We're going to talk about how our savvy biz owners can inner, uh, you know, get in touch with their inner drive and find that drive to motivate and transform not only their businesses, but their entire lives. Um, you've written a wonderful book, Designing Transformative Experiences, a toolkit for leaders, trainers, teachers, and other experienced designers. And I know my husband will love that as he's a graphic designer. Um, but before we go there, I'd love for you to share about what brought you to you know, starting your company as well as writing your book. Well, thank you very much, Christina, for having me on and and any opportunity to talk about my favorite topic. I'll never turn down, right? So this is <laughs> a life's work, a life's passion. And it kind of crept up on me uh, when I was looking the other way. What did John Lennon say? Is life is what happens while you're busy making other plans. And hmm. so I was busy building a career, but I had some experiences that I needed to unpack and I needed to understand. And as a social scientist, it led me down the primrose path of trying to ease apart the psychology. What is a transformative experience? Mm. How does it work? What do they have in common, whether they're good or bad, tragic to triumphant? And if we could understand how they work mm. from a psychological point of view, could we use that information to be become better leaders, teachers, trainers, coaches, parents, people who live our own and lead our own lives. And that's what led me to the book, you know, to to capture what I learned in broad strokes and, and put it out there and say, here's what I, here's the view from my seat, see what you think and see how you can apply it. Yeah, I think it's so important, um, Brad, because Often you hear the word transformation, personal transformation, but I find that often what's led to my greatest transformation, transformative experiences in my life have been 
upheaval times of great change, uncomfortableness. And honestly, when you're going through them, you'd like to be anywhere else but in that experience. But at the other end of it, you're like, oh, look, it's been awesome. Now look how much stronger I am, how transformative I am. But it's not fun when you're going through it. Absolutely. That's one of the most common elements, you know, and, you know, and then the, the very first time I really started thinking about this book many years, 20 years ago, I was at the National Science Foundation with a bunch of program officers, the people who decide who gets the grants and who doesn't. And one of the program officers, she said, if I hear the word transformative again, I'm going to pull my hair out because it is used, as a, you know, rose colored glasses, everything will be yeah. great. What does it really mean? And so I started thinking, what does it really mean? And you touch right on it. Mm -hmm. It only happens when we get into our discomfort zone experiences, mm -hmm. you know, and we all know this is kind of common knowledge, no pain, no gain. Um, put yourself on the edge of risk. But yeah. that involves a lot of tricky things, permission mm -hmm. to be vulnerable and trust or lack of it. If you're a leader of a team, mm -hmm. um, the idea that there's a risk invitation a risk decision to be made, a risk outcome to be processed. You know, mm. all of these things are usually uncomfortable when yeah. we experience them. So as leaders or as people who are seeking transformative experiences for mm. ourselves or those we lead, how do we deal with risk? Are we good at doing risk? You know, and, and the book is full of tips, practical tips for how to do risk better, especially mm. in our culture where we mostly avoid it. Yeah, I totally see what you're saying. And, you know, there's a show I just started watching on Hulu called Extreme Weight Loss. And what what made me interested in it, I started about a year and a half ago, my own weight loss journey, and I've lost 50 something pounds. Um, Fantastic. And, Congratulations. Yeah, thank you very much. But I was always curious to see how other people approach. And these people have a lot bigger challenge because they're generally much more overweight than I had been when I got started. But what I find interesting watching their stories, each one of them, is that they each start like, oh my God, this is going to be amazing. I can't wait for the transformation. And and then slowly uh, reality hits and this is, this is hell. This is not fun going through this transformation and keeping it going. And, you know, because when you first start, you see the end result. You're like weight loss, great business, new clients, whatever yeah. it is, book yeah. written. Yeah. But it's when you get going and then you're realizing the drudgery and, and the difficulty of yeah. it. It's hard to stay the course. What have you found that is helpful to get people from A all the way to Z? Yeah, we want to skip to the end, right? Yeah. Your story reminds me of uh, Woody Allen's great quote. He says, I'm not afraid of dying. I just don't want to be there when it happens. Yeah. <laughs> skip to the end, right? Yeah. And so one of the bedrock principles of designing transformative experiences uh, in my research is that people always describe their most transformative experiences in their life as something that happened to them, as something that occurred external to them. But mm -hmm. upon probing just a few questions in, it's very clear to, to me as the interviewer and to them that it actually comes from within. This idea that the transformative in our lives is not out there somewhere. Mm -hmm. It's quietly waiting for us in here. Now, how is that? Why does it happen that way? And how can we use that information, right? Mm -hmm. So we have all kinds of invitations in our lives. Maybe it's to a weight loss challenge. Maybe uh, to, for example, for me, I was diagnosed with cancer not too long ago. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, thankfully in remission 
and and healthy today. Yeah, thank you. Um, but it was an invitation that life gave me that I didn't see as an invitation at the moment. It was an invitation I could not refuse, right? But I do get to decide how I will RSVP, how I will respond, yeah? Mm -hmm. And so the meaning that I make from a discomfort experience uh, mm. is the crux of the transformation. Mm. So we always say there's the first part is that discomfort zone experience. That's the first step in a transformative experience. It has to, it has to push us to our edges, wherever mm. they are. They're different for everyone, but it pushes us to our edges, the harsher edges. And number two, we have to make meaning out of that experience on the edge. We do this through narrative, what I call narrative translation, something we're hardwired to do. We, we make meaning out of our lives through storytelling, sometimes unconscious storytelling that we just do internally, sometimes external. We share our lives through stories that we tell. We're hardwired for this. It's going to happen by default anyway. We just do it. Mm -hmm. What happens if we do it by design with a lot of intention, a lot of conscious attention, and we have some tools? to frame and make meaning out of an experience. Suddenly these discomfort zones can become mm -hmm. powerful and have ripple effects through all of our, our lives professionally, personally, and in all other respects. Wow. And you know what I find interesting, Brad, though, as well, is I find the moment of upheaval that ultimately lead to transformation, I find the biggest blocks for myself and as well as I've seen for others is often there's emotional things that come up and, and you'll say, it seems like it's happening outside of you from, you know, maybe experiences in the past or whatever that you hold on to that make it hard to push forward on that journey to truly transforming. Um, but how do you begin if, say, you're getting started today and you have a goal of, I don't know, starting a business and you say, I, I want to start a successful business and make a million dollars. How do you push through those moments of blocks or emotional blocks? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, we, this, is, this is what defines what we think of as risky defines our, mm -hmm. our discomfort zones. And, and it's good to know consciously what those things are. And in fact, we need to seek them out to some extent not just uh, push through them, you know, for, for business owners or business leaders. And I talk to so many, I do a lot of work inside um, big companies, tech companies and FinTech companies about cultural leadership and how leaders can shape and form a culture, especially in these changing times of COVID where people want more than just a paycheck or mm -hmm. a career ladder. They want fulfillment. They're demanding wholeheartedness They're, or they are looking for the door for another greener pasture to go to. We have record numbers of attrition uh, and, and retention is really hard to come by. Uh, workers are demanding more out of work. How can leaders res be responsive to it or entrepreneurs push mm -hmm. past these emotional blocks? I think we have to make a friend of them, make a friend of these emotional blocks and say, all right, I'm challenged here. How can I judo flip this to, and redirect it into fuel instead of into an opposing force, right? Mm -hmm. And so this is this is that meaning-making component. What's the narrative tools that I can use to see the risk? You know, and we define risk, by the way, in three different ways. Mm -hmm. uh, four, if you really physical risk, which we're all very uh, familiar with. The one you bring up is emotional risk. Yeah. And there's emo uh, intellectual risk, those things that challenge us in terms of problem solving and mm -hmm. put our, our wits to the test. 
And then there's social risk, the things that put our connection to others or those who depend on us, whether they're employees or family members, put those things at risk. They're always mashed up together, these different kinds of risk in mm-hmm. real life, but in research life, you know, the, the world where, where my work comes from, we separate them and look at them differently. We need not only to lead processes and procedures and teams at work, That's very intellectual. We also have to invite in those emotional risks and those social risks, probably not the physical risks so much in most of the work that most of us do. But when we welcome in these emotional components as well, we finally see the people we work with or the people we work for, for the whole people that they are. You've heard that Mm -hmm. expression, bring your whole self to work. Yeah. Well, what does that mean? How do you do it? What is it? It means recognizing that uh, the culture of our teams is co-created by the people on those teams. It's really influenced by the leader, but we need to know the identities of all of these different these different beings that we're working with in order to welcome in this emotional risk, or maybe even as a leader, I might make an invitation to an emotional risk to put someone on the edge, give them a stretch assignment, a, a challenging task, a promotion mm-hmm. that they may not be feeling ready for, or a position for them to really succeed. Now, that also means they might also fail. And that's why we call it risk. Mm -hmm. But that's what I need to seek, and that's what I need to see. And by the way, if if one of my direct reports fails, what are my strategies for failing forward with them? So that it becomes a valuable learning. We often learn more from our failures than our successes. If we fail in the right way with the right kind of mentor. And so this is a big part of the toolkit for a transformative experience designer, you know, and I always say, we in, in transformative experience design, or what I call experience design leadership, we ask leaders to recast themselves from whatever they think they are as leaders, recast themselves into experience designers. And when we do this short, this, this simple shift, I I think of my team not just as a group of people, but as an experience. And I am the lead designer of that experience. Suddenly, a whole new psychology opens up Hmm. for who I am as a leader, what I can do, and what kinds of experiences we can generate together as a team. Hmm. You know, and that is something leaders don't usually come equipped with, but it is the secret to the transformative experiences that legendary leaders do and seem to innately know how to do. You know, and spell it out in this book so that we can all participate in some level of that. I love that. You know, what's uh, coming to mind for me, and I've mentioned him several times on my podcast, is a, a, a boss I had many years ago that knew somehow how to see the innate talents and abilities of each of his, each of his crew and kind of pull it and bring it to the surface. And people in our department hated him because he made you uncomfortable. He made you do things you didn't want to do. Um, but like when I started, I was in my mid twenties, I was taking Spanish courses. He's like, great. You have all our Spanish speaking accounts now. I'm like, excuse me. You do realize this is first year Spanish, right? (laughs) Yeah. This is not, you know, we're not talking business Spanish here. Okay. We're talking five-year-old Spanish. if that, um, but what I, (laughs) what I loved about him looking back and, and years later, I realized that he pushed me and and at the end of the day, I felt that much more confident when I left working with that business and him because of how much he pushed me. 
Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah, I see what you're talking about. This is the this is the third part of, of the uh, designing uh, transformative experiences. You know, the discomfort zone experiences and invitations to take risk. Leaders have to do this. Two, we need to structure narrative translation of those experiences. The meaning making that that our our direct reports and our colleagues make out of these discomfort zone experiences. But the third one you just brought up is identity. Those mm-hmm. leaders who push us to forge new identities because of those experiences and the meaning we make from them. In order to do this consciously and attentively, we need to understand what identity is Mm -hmm. and how to push people to those frontiers of their identities to not only push them to it, but to get them to push themselves really is the holy grail, right? To give them opportunities to put their personal identities on the line and say, I'm going to grow from this, you know, whether I'm going to grow gracefully and wonderfully through through triumph or or more authentically and deeper through tragedy sometimes, you know, that this is a growth opportunity. So what are the tools in my leadership toolbox as a business leader? that need to be there to see someone's identity, yours versus yours versus yours versus my own and mm-hmm. say, what? how can I use some identity detection methods and, and touch base? Suddenly performance reviews and mm-hmm. promotion and even hiring decisions become deeper as I'm yeah. looking through these identity goggles at the people I'm working with, not just a job role, right? Mm-hmm. But, but as whole people who have goals, who have challenges, who have talents, yeah. That may not be captured in that job description, right? Mm. And so this is this is an important component if we're intending to be experienced designers instead of just normal leaders. So I, I get that. So I'm guessing from being a designer leader that like my boss, he was coming in, seeing all the different people, who they are, what are their potential, where can they revise their identity to grow into that potential even further and help them do that, guide them in doing that. Um, but I, does it also start with him really getting a handle also? I'm, I'm guessing you have to have a really good handle on yourself and where you might yeah. be lacking leadership-wise or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we co-create these experiences, mentor and protege. Uh, and I always say this dynamic exists wherever mentor and protégés are working together. And that, like, you may be in the corporate boardroom. It could be, uh, you know, uh, on the field if you're a coach or a parent or in a relationship of any kind with someone else, that these are the the dynamics that are in play, you know. And so I think that the ability to see not only your, your colleagues for the people they are, but to look in the identity mirror and see yourself clearly is important. You know, we always say, if you intend to design transformative experiences for others, you first must understand how to design them for yourself. Mm. But there's a trap. There's a trap in in there that says, uh, if you don't attend to it, that people will transform the same way you do. They will think the same things are risky that you do. Mm. They will make meaning the way you do. And they will, tr- and so these things are not true. We know that everybody is different, and so understanding how you yourself can lead a life that involves transformative experiences, you have to watch out for this affirmation bias that everybody else will automatically think and, and feel and react the same way you do. And so you really have to 
ramp it up and say, I'm mm-hmm. going to be attentive and check in with and talk to and, and, and monitor the changes that people are navigating, especially when I presented a discomfort zone challenge to them. You know, as a leader, I've asked them to do something that they feel a low sense of agency for mm. in order to give them that growth opportunity. Yeah, well, and, and to me, what's interesting about this is I know I've had problems in the past with seeing people and you see, I think everyone probably falls into this trap where you think, oh, yeah, anything that happens in the world, you think people will see that situation or whatever, just as you do and understand it the same yeah. way. But we all come from our own perspectives. And so yeah. um, if we can open up our mind to say, how are they seeing it? How are they seeing the world? So you come to them yeah. where they're at instead of saying, why aren't you seeing it the way I'm seeing it? This is totally doable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. And I always joke around. You said you had one of your most inspiring bosses who seemed to push you beyond what yeah. you thought you yourself could do. You know, equally important, as I brought up in a workshop just a couple of weeks ago, you know, there was the bosses who were absolutely horrible who taught you by example, how not to do things, how not to lead, how not to inspire. Uh, in many th- instances, we learn more from the, those folks, you know, than we do from the ones who did it all right. Yeah. Um, and many times, very interestingly, the ones who do it right for us cannot often articulate what it is that they're doing. They innately know how to do it. Sometimes they have a general philosophy or strategy. Mm. But those steps to take, those concrete, practical steps, like you say, to get from A to B to Zeta, uh, they're often hard to articulate. One of the things that I've tried to do in this book is Mm -hmm. to make it very clear with lots of designer tips and tools Mm -hmm. so that we can learn this as a skill, as a new leadership perspective, yes, but as an actual practical skill that we can apply and get better at. So in many ways, it's a, it's a reference book that I can go back to over and over again as I develop the skill and not only transform people who work for me, but transform myself mm-hmm. as a leader into an experienced designer. Yeah. The, the kind of person or boss like you had that you will never forget for yeah. the impact they had on you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what's great is I think what I always tell people and and myself, I remind myself that I think we all think, oh, yes, I want to get to transformation or get from A to Z. But, you know, life is an ongoing improvement journey. Like once you've reached one area and you've reached some success in one area or you've gotten good at something, now there's time to master and grow yourself a little bit more. It's not like, oh, we've reached pure, absolute success as a human being. There's no more actualization. It's, there's always more to achieve. There is. And sometimes it feels like, and it's true, that we're moving backwards, right? Yeah. So sometimes we've, we have that wonderful sense of forward progress and it's getting better. But many times we feel that sense that that has stalled out or we're actually moving in the wrong direction. And will, I, will the tide ever come back in for me? Will I ever get a chance? In middle age, this is very common. You know, was, yeah. This is something where you're you're watching the clock tick, and, and you know, yeah. I always joke around that my phone doesn't recognize me in the mornings. You know, the face ID. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and so I was yeah. like, I'm getting older. I better get on it right away. But in in those instances where we feel like we're moving backwards, mm. sometimes that is where we discover the precious, most precious gem of our experiences that will carry us forward. It often involves letting go of who we were before or who we thought we were becoming 
in order to change directions, you know, and, and, you know, at the time, like you alluded to earlier, it's not fun while it's happening. But when we look back on it, we say, aha, that was a threshold for me, a crossroads where all the difference was made. And I felt so horrible. I felt surrounded by darkness, but I found, you know, a way forward by letting go of previous versions of myself and welcoming a new version to myself. This is what transformative really means. It's a, you know, we define it research-wise as a learning experience mm-hmm. that has an identity impact, changing mm-hmm. your sense of self in some important way. That is who you think you are mm-hmm. or who you want to become. Yeah. That is a transformative experience. And it always happens with a good deal of darkness. Uh, so for everyone out there listening who's in that darkness, look for those treasures in that darkness because they're the things that will transform you and carry you into your future. Yeah. Well, this remind I don't remember the book title, but I recall there was a book about habits that had mentioned the fact that if you're trying to reach a certain goal or whatever, it starts with let's say you want to start running or you want to be a runner. Well, what would a runner runner's habits be on a day-to-day basis so you can start building towards those, that identity? Um, you know, cause right. like my identity in the past eating junk food, well, that doesn't match a healthy person. So what would a healthy right. person do? And I, I thought that was a great way to look at it. Like if I'm going to be a, a successful business owner, what would a successful business owner do on a day-to-day basis to reach that goal? Yes. Yes. You know, in my line of work, we look at identity narratives. What is the story you're telling yourself about who you are? And the wonderful thing about uh, narratives of all sorts, including identity narratives, is they are malleable. And we can say, I'm going to change this. Right? And even small changes that have big impacts, we call them ripple effects. You know, they ripple immediately, but also through the years of your life, you know, as you change habits, habits of mind, mm-hmm. habits of living, habits of relation to others, all of that kind of stuff, uh, always starts with some small change, some small change in your identity narrative, that story mm-hmm. about, and, and really a whole volume, a whole library of stories. Our most yeah. precious possession really uh, is our identity library. And we can pull all these different volumes off the shelf and we can edit them. We ha- We are the authors. Most people don't do this. They don't realize that the, the pen is in hand and they are the authors, right? Mm-hmm. But they are. And when they get a hold of this idea that you're authoring your own identity narrative and influencing others as a leader, yeah. suddenly they become more likely to happen. A lot of people I work with who've had transformative experiences report that they have more and more and more of them going forward because they got the hang of how this works. It's a different perspective. It's a yeah. step to the left. You know, yeah. uh, and make all the it's the standing on the desk, like the Dead Poets Society, because yeah. everything looks different, a little different from up yeah. here, three yeah. feet off the ground. You know? Yeah, because instead of life happening to you, it, you're happening for you. You're 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 happening. You know, you're you're causing it instead of waiting for things to just happen to you. Uh, we could go Absolutely. on much longer, but I know it's it's about to cut us off, so I don't want to be cut off without everyone finding out how they can get it awesome copy of your book, Designing Transformative Experiences. How can they do that and find out more about you, Brad? Absolutely. And to make it convenient, the book title is the same as the business title, uh, designingtransformativeexperiences.com. 
where you can find our workshops and keynotes and retreats and and uh, the book as well and more information about what we do and how we do it. And I encourage all your listeners to reach out and start a dialogue uh, because it always starts small, just like that. And thank you, Christina, for this dialogue today. Wonderful. You betcha. One step at a time. Thank you so much, Brad. I appreciate you coming today and sharing your great wisdom on Savvy Broadcasting. Thank you. Like, subscribe, and share this episode. To listen to more Savvy episodes and Savvy Biz Tips, go to www.lifeunscriptedradio.com. To find out about our paid sponsorship opportunities or how to become a guest, email Christina at lifeunscriptedradio.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 